Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like that. Up. Just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. <laughs> you don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we begin today's episode, we're going to quick thank some of the companies that helped make this show possible. Not sure if you guys have heard, but HuntWise has come out with what it calls HuntCast 2.0. Recently, they partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who has decades worth of data, and they've taken that data to compile a prediction as to when you should be out in the woods. So they, they rank it on a scale of 0 to 100% or the way we prefer it is deer. So when it's a five-deer day, you better be in the woods. So check it out. Become an elite member and learn how to maximize your time in the field because really you can't put a price on a good hunt. Tree saddles. We've all heard of them, and we love using them. Why? They're lightweight. They're easy to use. And if you use the right company... You can have everything you ever need for saddle hunting. In walks Trophy Line. <laughs> trophy Line <laughs> just came out with a platform this year called the Mission Platform. And they came out with sticks to go with it. So why else would you want to use another company? Go to TrophyLine.com. Use the promo code BOGAHUNTINGTL20. <laughs> Worst code ever. <laughs> Longest code ever. But do it because you get a good discount. You get 20% off. And it's off. good stuff. TrophyLine.com. A lot of people ask us why we partnered with First Light, and it's because they have amazing systems, and the base of all those systems is around merino wool. Merino wool is great because it keeps you warm when it's cold out and cold when it's warm out because it pulls moisture away from your body, and best of all, it doesn't stink. No so stink. So if you're looking for a, a great new system, can't recommend them highly enough, FirstLight.com. We all know that Vortex is the leader in optics, so we can't say enough good things about them. We love them. We use them in the field every time we're out there. But what most people don't know is their clothing line is just as good. There's a brand new fall line that's just come out. We've got a couple of pieces from that line, and they are freaking awesome. So if you want to save 20% on your next purchase, head over there and use the promo code BOGA20 at checkout for 20% off. All right, welcome to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast, a very special episode this week because for the first time, people can see what it looks like when we record a podcast. We're recording our faces in our sound temple, and we have Allie on the line. Allie, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to chat tonight. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited about it too. We've been interviewing a lot of Pennsylvania hunters in a row. And so I, I found out you're also a Pennsylvania hunter. So I don't know. There must be like a lot of them. Apparently. Or, or something. So but we've heard. Yeah. So Allie, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and you know, you can even talk about living in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm Allie DeAndrea. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, actually. Um, went to the University of Pittsburgh for college, and hmm. my plan was always to go into the medical field. I loved learning about anatomy, physiology, and 
I had this realization that I wanted to pursue a career that I really loved, um, probably a lot like you guys, to do something that you're around people, like-minded people. Um, and so I found my way into the outdoor industry and in the hunting industry most specifically. Um, and so now I'm a content creator, social media um, personality, if you will. And it's been a wonderful experience being able to do something that I love for work. But I am a Pennsylvania gal, yeah. um, born and raised in Pittsburgh. And there's a lot of hunting heritage in Pennsylvania. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. And I mean, I'm sorry about the, the St are you Steelers fan? I'm sorry about sorry. that. Well, you know, I'm a, <laughs> uh oh, I'm a like when it's good, yeah, kind of. Like, You're a fair weather fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm a... gonna get probably destroyed for admitting that, but I'm not that much of a sports person. I don't know, but I know that the loss. What was that? Two nights ago was a rough one. It was, although. But... You know, I'm a Bears fan. It was rough for us, too. So. You didn't, and the Lions didn't even <laughs> make the playoffs. So. Did you see me saying anything? Yeah, you didn't. You I didn't little, say anything. little grin. Oh, uh, that's cool. Um, So you have not been a hunting your, hunter your entire life, though. This is, like, late. No. What do they call it? Like, a, is it adult? You're not. You were an adult. Were you an adult when you started? Um, Technically, I was. I was over 18. So I okay. was indeed an adult. Um, Yeah, I started hunting in late high school years early college years. And when I first started, it was really to hang out with Nick. So Nick's now my husband, but we've been dating since high school and he didn't grow up hunting either. Um, he was actually always into sports and had an injury, couldn't play sports anymore. So he started hunting and I was like, mm. what is this hunting thing that you're doing? You never used to do this before. And can I come with you? Can I come hang out? Um, I've always been very outdoorsy. I used to ride horses and fish and camp with my family. Um, never anything super serious, but was always, you know, yeah. in love with the outdoors. And so I started going hunting with him. And the first couple times we never saw anything. Yeah. Like, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure I was wearing, you know, too much perfume or whatever, giggling too loud <laughs> Not patient enough. Jared does the same things. He giggles Guilty. and he yeah. always has perfume on. That well, hairspray, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the hairspray is really – you would think he wouldn't use a lot, but this dude uses way more. Way too much. You use way more hair product than I do. I use a little beeswax, warm it up, You're and I sculpt. You're unbelievable. You have way – you have like a quarter of the hair I do, and you are combing it. That's, caressing it it just kind of morphed and moved down to my face yeah so oh, i was gonna say you've got, you've got a great beard going you, you should have seen it you, know, you need some product for that i should have seen I'm it so, about a month ago i'm jealous better. of your i do i think about your beard a lot thanks in, dad in, in gel out of jealousy i just want to be you know like you hey <laughs> a lot of people do <laughs> so anyways you're uh you didn't see a lot of deer when you first started out you got better yeah, so yeah so it took a year or two and then yeah. finally we were on a hunt together um, and I watched him shoot a white-tailed doe and I watched her die. I could see her die from the stand. And then I cried and it was this like whole um, eye-opening moment, which I think every hunter has when they first experience that kind of thing. 
and then I watched him gut the deer mm. and I saw it start to go from this beautiful living, breathing animal to what we had been eating. And that's also an interesting aside yeah. to the story. Eating venison is a very weird thing in itself. If you don't grow up doing that kind of thing, I can You're believe it around that type of culture. Yeah. So when I first started eating venison, I would eat it and I knew that it tasted good, but I couldn't get over the fact that I was eating a deer. Yeah. Somebody had cut up themselves. It just sounded disgusting, you know, until I saw the whole process. And then it opened my eyes. And it was in that moment that I was like, I'm going to be a hunter. I want to do this for myself. I want to experience all of this. So I started hunting that very next season with a crossbow, um, bought a compound bow the year after that and have been doing it. And now I hunt with everything, but yeah. it also started with a bow. I ha okay, a couple questions came up when you were answering that question. Um, first, so we are both married kids, uh, but when we were recording, there was not one time where Laura or I'm guessing Lori, Laura, Lori said, they, at least Laura didn't say to me, hey, you're going hunting. Hey, can I come too? Why? What was, what was it about Nick? Was he that special of a guy that... What are or, we missing out? What did on? I not do right yeah. to make hunting more attractive for my mate? Is Nick there? We can maybe get him yeah, on like, too. Yeah, he can weigh he, in. He's not here right now, but I probably could <laughs> snag him. He'll be home soon. Because clearly, like, <laughs> I love that. We've got like a moment going right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, but like, what what was it about it that made it like interesting or intriguing enough for you to like commit? Because that's a kind of a big commitment to or, or yeah, something to do. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I was aware that by going with him, I was signing up for I might watch something die. Right. Like that's a kind of a weird thing for someone who's not used to that to um, to want to do, I guess. I think it's just because I was always outdoorsy in general. So I liked being outside. Yeah. Um, so to me, it was like, oh, we get to go like hang out outside together yeah. in a stand by ourselves. Because I was, we met when I was 16. So yeah. like, that's a really fun, I don't know, thing to do when you're 16. I guess. That's I a long that. time to be together too. 16, you started dating and right up until marriage. Yeah, and that's I'm 28 now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Not, not a lot of people have it that way. Mm mm. Um, the other question that came up or the, the thing, the, the thought that popped in my head when you were saying that, um, the weirdness it is to eat a new animal for the first time, especially one that you've seen die. So you said that it was weird at first. Well, like what, like, how did you get used to that? How'd you get over that? Because we, I had it a little bit eating bear. Yeah, I did too. I had it when I first started eating squirrels. You know, I don't know why, like more than like a turkey that I'd shoot or a rabbit squirrel was like, it was just harder to eat, you know, what, what, like, what did you, how'd you get over it? That's a great question. And my answer is so lame, but just keep trying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty honest. No, that's kind of what it was for me. No, I think it's it, very psychological. Like yeah. you're, you're thinking about it. Like, exp like you were saying in that experience, you're actually watching someone gut an animal for the first time. And you're seeing parts of an animal that you've never seen before. Maybe in biology class right. where you're gutting frogs or something, but. I don't know if, like, for me sometimes, when I, like, I was hunting my entire life, I'd go with my dad, but he wouldn't usually kill deer a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, for me to bring home a deer, it was, like, awesome, but it's, like, now what do I do with it? Because he doesn't really know, because he hardly ever shot deer. You but, know. I think for me, it was just, 
like experiencing that whole time of processing the animal, it's just kind of, it just kind of sticks in your head. And then you're like, um, it almost doesn't really have a different consistency, but in the back of your head, it's like, it's just different. Just kind of different at first. I will say this though. So you've been with your husband for what? Almost 10, 20. When did you, when did you start dating? 16. 16. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Math. J- Math was never Jared, strong, <laughs> Jared and I have been together longer than that. Have we not? And so, but I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So we, when we first started hunting together, when we were very young, 12, mm. 13, were we 12, 13, something like that. We had to have been able to drive. No, no. We would go out with my dad to the cottage. We'd drive with him. Okay, that's fair. That's you know, right. yep, in our old burb. army camo mm-hmm. and your Oneida bow. Uh, anyways, but we, when we would shoot deer, we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have like, for the most part, money, especially in college to like go get it processed. So the first couple times we started doing our own deer, do you remember that? Oh not, yeah. Not, yeah. Cutting up our own deer. Uh, it was like, I don't know what I'm cutting. None of this makes any sense. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like if you touch hair, like does it go bad? How, how does it go bad? I didn't know any of it. Did Which you, you I mean, know? it helped that I had a little bit of culinary arts background. So yeah. I, I went to culinary arts school for a uh, couple Whoa. semesters. Yeah. And during one of the classes, they had a meat processing section where they, he, the, yeah. the chef brought in an entire goat and then he broke it down into the different cuts. And it was, he said, if you can do this, you can do this to any animal because yeah. the anatomy is mostly the same. So going into it, we had a little bit of a background. I'm like, oh, okay, there's the back straps. This is, this is the roast back here. You know, yeah. this is what we can do with this. But it just took time to. It was a hack job. Pra- it was a hack. Yeah. But what we would do is we've talked about this in the podcast. When we were in college, we'd be like, you're not allowed to be up at the cottage in the winter at my, when I was growing up. Like kids weren't allowed to be there, but we'd sneak up. We'd bring some booze and we'd invite people and feed them. We'd go early, shoot a deer, and then like you know, show our come worth. back to camp. Be like, hey, you know, we got a deer hanging. Like we're we're men, you know. <laughs> no, uh, really, yeah. And so it's it was just yeah, it's funny to think about that how that changes. Okay, question for you. Um, so you sh- see him shoot a deer, you start eating it. It's it's weird, but you say, you know, the process of eating it over and over again helps. Um, was it different than when you went and shot your first deer? Like, how was that experience different? Not at all from the eating standpoint, because at that point, I was so accustomed to it that eating deer was no longer a weird thing um, at all. It really just like the idea of wild game in general, like I was fully on board with that and enjoying that. Um, But the breakdown process is, it's interesting to hear your take on that, because I, like I mentioned, I had full plans of going into the medical field. Right. So I loved anatomy and physiology. I actually worked as an EMT and a, para- a paramedic <laughs> and then a paramedic. Yeah. You're not, as, you're not the same thing. You're not both. Time. They're very different. A paramedic has more training than any. Anyways, um, I worked as a paramedic in college. And so I have a background in that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed the breakdown process in learning that whole thing. Um, I mean, gutting a deer, calling gutting a deer enjoyable is like not quite the right way to describe (laughs) it. But it is something, especially for me, at least in the butchering process that is so cool. Mm -hmm. And 
over the past few years, I've been learning more and more and more about what I can do with this meat and how I can treat it best and um, what I can do with different cuts of meat, et cetera. So that has really sort of flourished to me. And the thought of having someone else cut up my deer is it's like weird. Yeah, no, I it feels kind of weird understand to think about that. that. You know, I understand that some people don't have the space or the means to be able to yeah, do that or time. Yeah, yeah, totally. But if you do it, that's like that's everything to me. Yeah, you could say like you're never allowed to shoot an animal again, and I'd be like, fine, I don't, I don't care as long as I can go out for the hunt. Yeah, don't have to do the shooting, mm-hmm. but let me do the butchering. Yeah, because that's, like those are the things that I love about it so much. I would agree. I, uh, I've butch- butchered more animals this year than ever, because I've got, <laughs> we've got a couple of guys who do a bunch of goose hunting and they must be full on goose or something. They're like, we have a ton of geese. Can, if like you want them, will you, will you want them? I'm like, yeah. So like, I think I've done 60, 70 geese, like over the course of the year, Jeez, just dude. chopping them going through. But what's been cool about it is like the first one I did was terrible. Like getting the breast off, you know, try to get the legs off and everything else. But now I'm like a smooth, like a, like a machine. Just getting after it. Yeah. It feels good. good. You, it's, it's cool to learn. Yeah. And it was different. And it was just cool. Like you said, I really like to go in the garage when it's a little cold, put a little, you know, grab a beer and <laughs> put a little show on or maybe a football game and yep. just kind of go to work and relax. And it's, it's a good time. So at Allie, um, you, so you got started in hunting, you know, and now it's kind of your career, but how'd you get, how'd you go from, you know, new hunter to person who is like a personality, like people know yeah. outdoor Allie. Yeah. So I started my Instagram page. That's really where it all started in 2015. And the whole idea was just to connect with people, mostly in the archery world. I was gearing up for my first bow hunt, but I was excited that I just bought my first compound bow. So I was sharing that journey into my first season with a compound bow. And it just naturally built from there. I've always shared my experiences very openly and um, candidly. And I think people have just connected with that. So shortly after, sometime in 2016, I started a YouTube channel and things have just grown sort of organically from that. But I did work for First Light. I moved from Pennsylvania to Idaho to work for First Light. I worked for them for a little over two years, almost two and a half years, I believe. And um, it was an awesome experience. I feel like it was really important for me to but have that experience when I did, they are so focused on conservation and public lands. And Mm -hmm. they really do things in um, like they're stewards of the land is really the best way to put it. So I sort of grew up as a hunter in that environment. So I definitely owe them a lot to, um, to shaping my, you know, myself as a hunter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good company to, be a new hunter at like i like yeah. those guys like even thinking about tag mm-hmm. uh spence like he was kind of a new hunter and like watching him yeah they just become, took or him had him on a couple took of, him under their wing and just yeah kinda they're, they're, they're good people and that's cool real cool um so archery so uh what made you first of all what made you decide i need to not, not only is instagram like my thing but i need to become a youtube like star like what, what, why did you decide I need to make YouTube videos? Well, what was that? Yeah. I don't like thinking about like my, 
reaction when you said it like that was like, oh, like that's, <laughs> I don't like to think of it like that. It's more, I like, I want to connect with people and I want to share my right. story and I want to, um, it's really an outlet yep. to share sure. my experiences. I don't really know how to put it. The other interesting thing, um, I mean, I think about this kind of stuff a lot. Like, why am I doing what I'm yep. doing? What, like, what's the point? What's the message? Um, and for me, especially when I started, I didn't know many other female hunters, especially, but even just hunters in general, mm, yeah. I didn't, all I had was Nick and he of course had a couple of buddies that hunted, but that, you know, my circle is very, very small. So yeah. by using social media, it was like what I was exposed to was, you know, infinite, um, and I've always just been a fan of YouTube. I yeah. always have loved watching YouTuber. Like I'm a consumer of YouTube. And so it just felt right to also share. What yeah. I, yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I can appreciate it. Cause, and I, I asked it a little facetiously because, you know, if anybody that follows, anybody that follows you knows, like it's definitely seems like an outlet, but also a way that you engage people and you do a really good job at it. That's, I mean, why, why mm-hmm. so many people, um, tune in and you know you're legit um was it weird to do that at first was it kind of weird to record like that or was that pretty natural for you it's pretty well maybe a little bit weird but it is pretty natural I've yeah. always been very like um theatrical I guess you could say <laughs> I was in chorus in like grade school and middle school and high school so I was I would be on stage like Sure. Singing, not that I can sing well, but you know, in but you like to say, were you gonna give us a little sample? Yeah, I was gonna say you can. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Boga. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, I could. I could put a new jingle on your intro. Yeah, I think that you really can only sing well if you put one finger in yeah. your ear and close your eyes a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, Anyways so um, yeah, so I've always been like that kind of person. So being in front of a camera wasn't. Uh, yeah. It's, just an extension you know no i like that um i had a question about that too uh was it weird for you guys i mean is this weird right now for you guys this is i don't like the people seeing me (laughs) no i no it's not you know what it really wasn't uh we for us it was the same thing um i actually i feel like this is also a pretty good outlet um like like it's an outlet for getting your hunting fix you know we think about why we do what we do what we're doing how we're doing it um, we talk to a lot of people, um, and we, we talk about this a lot. And, like, selfishly, I just like it because I get to learn from a lot of, like, way better hunters than us, um, which is – it's sweet. Like, you know, have some guy you never have access to normally on a podcast and ask him whatever you want. It's, it's pretty – we will, it, it's a lot of fun. It is, yeah. Our first couple of episodes kind of sucked just because <laughs> you've got the headset on, you're talking into a mic, and it's like, okay, we're recording. So, like, this is going out to And you're people, nervous, but it's, it's like, like – yeah, yeah, but it, with time, just like everything else, it just gets better. Now we just so. lean back, you know, enjoy our Mountain Ops Cabernet. It's the new blend. <laughs> you're rocking in yeah. there. Yeah, I was gonna mix up a drink before this, but I didn't. You know, I like to put my wine in water bottles. Our golly, water bottles. <laughs> uh, so, um, going back to it, you started working at First Light. You worked there for a couple of years. You mentioned um, not knowing a lot of women in hunting. Um, and, and anybody who listens to our show knows we've had a handful of women on, but just not as many. There are less hunter, less women 
public figures, and I think less hunters in general for women. Um, Jared and I both have daughters, uh, so something I think about a lot, right? I think about getting her in. I take her hunting. Is I've been taking her since she was two, just to get her out, um, and she seems to like it. But like, as a person, a woman in the hunting industry, what, like, what's that experience been like? It's got to be different than what we've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, at first, I maybe it's just because I was so young and so naive. I never felt any different. I always felt like I could do whatever I wanted to do. It didn't, like, it never occurred to me that I, I never thought of myself like, oh, I'm a woman hunter. It was sure. always just, I'm a hunter. I don't know. It never phased me. But because I'm engaged online and I hear stories from so many other people and yeah. Like, I understand that, that it can be very challenging if you don't have a group of people that you can connect with that can relate to the same things as you can. Sure. And um, so, it. I mean, for me, thankfully, like, I enjoy solo hunting a lot. Yep. So I, like, having a group of people um, outside of just myself, which I do have, but it's been easier, I think, because I enjoy pursuing the outdoors solo, as well as with my husband. Um, And now like my best friend, actually, back in 2015, when I bought a compound bow, um, she had bought her name's Marta, she had bought a compound bow as well. So we would like shoot in the backyard together. And she would always tag along on hunts, but was never really fully invested in hunting. And just this season, she killed her first deer. Awesome. That's with cool. a rifle. It was so great. Um, so my, you know, my circle is expanding. And I'm a co-founder of a group called Artemis Sportswomen, which hmm. is an initiative by the National Wildlife Federation. Um, it's basically a group of sportswomen who love the outdoors, whether it's hunting or fishing, who also care about conservation. And right. so it's this really wonderful community of women. Um, but yeah, and then I also have all of like Nick and my friends, you know, like Nick guy friends, um, that we all go out together as well. So yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I answered that question in a lot of weird ways, but it's interesting interesting though, because some, like another thing that I'll say, I've always had more of a like guy's humor. Like I've always got along well in groups of guys and so, I think so have that, I <laughs> arguably I think that um you know some women just like, yeah. like don't like that kind of thing and so it would make sense you know why would you want to go hang out with a bunch of like stinky dudes in the woods <laughs> because that's like if that's not your thing that's not your thing you right. know so I think that's part of it too it just it depends on the person you yeah. know I think people find their groove into what um, really vibes with them for sure, lack yeah. of a better way to describe it. And, um, yeah, this, this just vibed with me. So I never really thought twice. And now you've hunted and traveled and been like a pretty big part of the hunting community for a while. Um, like, well, actually, you know, I want to go back. We talked about getting into compound bows. So you get your compound bow, you say 2015. Okay. How is that? How is like the process? Cause we're, you know, our podcast, we talk mostly about bow hunting. Um, how is that? How's that going? Like how, how has that gone so far? I mean, archery was the perfect stepping stone or not even stepping stone. That's the wrong way to put it, but it was the perfect 
into hunting mm -hmm. because I also like I didn't grow up around hunting. I didn't grow up around guns. So I wasn't comfortable around sure. firearms. I didn't know anything about firearms. So not only like I could just imagine if archery was not an option and I was interested in going hunting with Nick, learning firearms just would have been an extra step sure. to comfortable around. So archery was a much easier sort of like path into it. And then once I got into it, I, you know, I hunt with rifles, shotguns, what muzzle loaders, everything. So it, archery was really just like the, the sweet spot for me yeah. to get into it. Um, and it's awesome. I'm not by no means a professional archer or a great archer or yeah, anything. Neither are I we. I'm more of than you, I, I think. I love tinkering with it. <laughs> I bought my own press. I saw that. That was very nicely done. That's not a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. I've done two bow builds so far and nothing has blown up. Like everything's going great. Nice. I want to build out like my friend's bows, Nick's bows. Um, I just want to keep working on it. Yeah. And it's fun. It's another like hang out in the garage and like, I don't know. Mess around. around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I get that. Exactly. I get it. Um, and re recurve is next. Like this trad. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. But I'm fully respectful of the fact that, um, I will have to be so disciplined if I want to hunt with that. Yep. So you hear that? Hear that? I, <laughs> so I yes. love, I love um, like playing with recurves and trad bows yep. in the backyard. But the thought of hunting with one is like, I, I feel like I need to press on the brakes a little bit because I I've like too many hobbies. Yeah. I, if if and when I decide to do that, it will need to be a very focused. It is. It is. So. Recently, you know, that part of the podcast we started. Actually, well, did I have a compound when we started the podcast? I don't know. I don't remember. No. Either way, the very beginning, yes. near the beginning of us starting this, I switched tr purely traditional. Sold all my stuff, and I just got the old stick and string. So I asked that a lot. So it's been a couple years. It's going okay. Shot a bear. Yeah, you did. And shot I, some deer. I went down that road with him. He did. So we were both traditional. And then, like you were saying, it's just, it's a time You have to shoot every day. It's a time commitment. At least I do. Some people I don't, maybe don't have to, but and for the most part I do. Yeah, and at the time I had two kids and I was working side jobs at night and it's like, I don't have any time to shoot my bow. Like, yeah. And I I feel like, I would said it before, I feel like I owe it to the animal to be as accurate as I possibly can. Yep. And right now it's just not in the cards for me to do this right now. As much as I love just the purity of traditional archery. Yep. I uh, just, I had to switch back, so I get mocked. I might get, I get mocked quite often. I'm not for even doing that. About, I haven't said anything about putting the training wheels back on, yeah. but no. I don't know. it is what it no. is. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. It's it really is. I mean, I'm speaking as if I I've, I've done it, but I know that it's a, a very serious commitment. Um, yeah, time wise, every. My thing was, I shoot like I really my. I don't know if I like it more than hunting, <clears throat> but I like it close, just shooting my bow. And so, like, I liked – I was shooting every day anyways, and I was like, man, it'd be nice to just go out there, something a lot more simple. And I just started, and, like, now I don't even really think about it. Like, I we talk about it a lot, but it's not really like a – I don't know. 
like a thing, a thing. Like when I first started hunting with one, I, I always thought about it. I am out here with a recurve. Now it's just like, you know, I'm hunting, grab whatever your weapon is, you know, which is a, a change. I think it's time for a break. Yeah, we we were getting long winded. Yep, it's time for a break. We're gonna thank a couple of our uh, couple more sponsors. Who doesn't love smoked meat, Jared? Communists. That's <laughs> who doesn't like smoked meat. If you're not a communist, check out Gorilla Grills. So whenever you go out to the field and you procure your own game, mm-hmm. you can bring it back and press your wife, your husband, your kids, your, your friends, fran- friends, your family, anybody with your smoked meat. Check out GorillaGrills.com for all your smoking needs. Everybody knows that arrows are the lifeblood of the hunting industry. If you're a bow hunter, your worth is measured in the amount and the quality of arrows that you have. If you have good arrows, and a lot of them, you are arrow rich. And everybody wants to be arrow rich. Everyone wants to be arrow rich. And one way of doing that, using vector arrows. Why? They are the best. They are tough. You can go to their website, enter all your bow specs in. And they'll spit out the exact arrows that you need. Check them out, VectorCustomShop.com. And be arrow rich. If you're looking for quality, handmade, traditional archery equipment, look no further than Bivouac Bow Co. Jim and Georgia, actually we had them on the podcast, episode 93, check it out. Handmade bows, they have years of experience, their machining is precise, and their products are beautiful. Check them out at BivouacBowCo.com. And finally, I want to introduce a new sponsor of the show. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, broad spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It only has two ingredients, CBD and MCT coconut oil. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We we use it a lot after long hikes or, or sits out in the woods. It's grown and extracted right in the Rocky Mountains, and it's shipped directly to you anywhere in the United States. It's great CBD at an extremely low price, and it can be even lower if you use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. So my next question was going to be, and I don't remember what it was going to be about, Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one right now. No, no, no. It's fine. So, so you worked through, you worked uh, at First Light for a while. You decided to uh, decided to venture out on your own. Like, you know, for for people that follow you, like, what what does a day in the life of Allie look like? Like, you know, what what is this what does this type of job entail? You know, what what does your life look like? It's um, the best part is that well, there's two best parts. It's different every single day. So what I do on the daily changes um, and Nick and I work together. So we are able to be together all of the time working on whatever it is we're working on. Um, but a day in the life, it, I, I could break it down probably better for like a week. Sure. Um, and this changes based on the time of, of year. During hunting season, it's a lot crazier than now, even though there, like, there are still hunting opportunities. It's definitely like a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. After four yep. months of craziness, um, but it's a mix of content creation, which is it—it's weird to say it like that because I've always been very cautious of making this feel like too much of a job. Like sure. I'm doing these things because they're fun and because I'm excited about it. Yeah. So we'll plan fun things to do. 
um, like right now I'm in Florida actually. Oh. So I'm planning on pompano fishing. Pompano oh, yes. are that sounds so good. Um, I've never caught a pompano, so it might take me a while to figure it out. Um, but so I've been researching pompano fishing. Um, I, that's what I love so much about YouTube and actually a little bit more about, um, where I'm more focused now yeah. in what I'm putting out is just helping other people figure out how to do things and get into this. And yeah. also simultaneously sharing my process into it that, you know, you're not going to catch something every time or kill something every hunt and you're going to mess up and then you'll have some success and whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so YouTube is such a great learning vessel mm -hmm. um, for learning. So I have been researching what, you know, sort of like what the content will be about. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, making notes on that, getting prepared for that. And then we get to go have fun and we get to film and fish and however long that takes, whether that's a day, two days, three days. Um, and then intermixed into that is editing. Right. Um, so I do all the editing. Well, Nick and I work together a bit, but honestly, I'm quite controlling over uh -huh. the end product because ultimately it is my voice and it is yeah. my story. So I, I hold those reins pretty tight because like, that's what means the most to me is that it's authentically what I want to say. Um, so editing, photo editing, we work with a lot of different amazing sponsors. So it's like phone calls with sponsors, um, Zoom calls things like this, emails. Mm, yep. um, and so, but I'm, I'm very aware of balancing things so that it, like, we spend time capturing these things, but yeah. also I can spend time without a camera mm -hmm. on, yeah. you know, so that it's always, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to get burnt out essentially. Sure. No, that's, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, that's interesting. And it's, it's something I think that you, you do really well is when you're like, you're not, you don't come in and act like you're like this expert the first day that you've ever hunt, uh, fished for Pompano or, or whatever. And it, like you learning along the way, it makes it, you know, more accessible. I think, um, then people who kind of make you feel like you should know something before you actually do it. And then that's kind of a barrier to starting anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I like that. So as you're preparing for pompano fishing, for example, you said you're a YouTube person. Are you watching videos or are you reading? Like, are, what's your way of learning? All of the above. It's reading. Um, so Google is an amazing tool for yes, learning. It, is. Yep. it really is. So articles, um, blog articles, YouTube videos. YouTube videos are helpful because um, – and I can speak to this from being someone who didn't start hunting until later in life. I never really got to watch someone to learn. Yeah. Like even Nick, he was learning at the same time that I was learning. So yeah. we didn't have a mentor per se to watch. Right. But we have mentors on YouTube. Yeah, sure. Um, so like this week that I've been preparing for pompano fishing, I'm able to watch people who are experts or even the people who aren't. And then yeah. I can see where the new person messed up where the other person knew what they were doing or, you know, right. and I learned from them mm -hmm, and yeah. that's so special. If it wasn't for, you know, folks creating that kind of content for YouTube, I would be 
or I'd be at the bait shop asking. Yeah, right. There, what to do? And they're not always the most friendly guys. Go down that way with a can of worms. The bait. They usually are lying. They don't tell you where the right places to go. I've tried it. You know, I don't blame (laughs) them either. Isn't helpful. Yeah. No, I I I like that. Um, and Google is great. Although I got off Google for a while. Uh, yeah, you did. I watched Social Dilemma, and I was convinced that you know oh, Google is yeah. ruining the world. So I'm like, I'm switching to DuckDuckGo, <laughs> yeah. and it's just not, it's just not good. Not like after a while, I, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. You can track me. Yeah. It's way easier this way. I've been tracking you well, for 20 years already. Right. Yeah. It's mostly true. disappointing. Like this guy's kind of a loser. Like he just looks up hunting <laughs> articles and it's <laughs> really like nothing exciting. So go ahead. So anyways, yeah, I got off the Google. I'm on the Google again. All right. Well, it's making you smarter too. So That's right. It's, I mean, we're yeah, you're using it as a tool. We have access to so much information yeah. that you can just search for and learn about, and that's the fun thing about it. It's just like any if I don't know how to do something, I'm looking at a video. Oh yeah, and I'm just teaching. Are you teach more video job. than write, written? I like to. I'm a visual learner. You're yeah. a visual. Does that mean you can't read good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> when I read my kids' books, it's like my wife calls. That's the wrong word. That's not what I Just go with it. Just go with it. Just they're fine. Just what did I say kids. today? They don't know. Something about a, it was a construction book. I was reading my son tonight. And it was something about the rocks. And I said uh, something different. <laughs> I just went with it, man. You just changed the whole story. Just it's something story. He doesn't know. He can't yeah. read. He no, He's just drinking milk and yeah. chilling. And we'd have that. We'd read the same book over and over and over and over again. So finally I'm like, this book is going to end differently this time because I can't read. I can't read the same book again. I can't do it. Now, when when you're preparing for this pompano um, fishing, are you also looking for, like, recipes you're going to do for it? Like, mm. what, yes. if, yeah? Oh, for sure. Wait, you're looking at recipes before you That's not bad fish. luck. That's, that's not bad luck. Yeah. That is. Mm-mm. That's bad luck. I've done it. It's bad. No, I mean, it's that the whole point is that it's a, like, a catch clean and cook so i have to know how to catch them i have to know how to clean them mm-hmm. and then i have to be able to cook them it's a process and the yeah totally yeah um so i've been searching it all but the cooking part especially for fish i mean this is kind of true for wild game meat all red meat wild game meat essentially like you can do the same interchangeable thing with. yeah totally yeah they might have some different flavors but ultimately you know a backstrap is a backstrap. Sure, and yeah. Compare it the same way. Um, same is kind of true for white flaky saltwater fish. Yeah. You know, they're all delicious and they all can be used interchangeably. See, the the first time I heard about a pompano, we were actually down on spring break senior year, and that's when Zach and I went out to a fishing pier. Yeah. And we're like, screw it, we're just gonna go out there and maybe we'll catch something. And one well, of my great regrets in life. Yeah, that was a bad. Is time that I this. slept in. Yeah, you did. We shouldn't have been able to have our own. Anyways, you you went out fishing. I decided to yep. sleep in. And we're just sitting there, and guys started catching fish, and then we saw a guy catch another one, cast back out, caught another one, and there was a school of Spanish mackerel that Max, had came by coming in. Yeah, and then. We're just like, well, what the heck? We want to start catching them. So this guy's like, here, use this. And it was like a, it was a chrome tube, with like a chartreuse lead head on it with a couple treble hooks. And he said, cast it out there, and just jig it up and down real quick, and, the, and you can just see the fish just darting at this thing. <laughs> so we caught our limit in like ten minutes. I know. <sighs> and we're coming back, we're coming back to the hotel with this cooler full of fish that we don't know what to do with. And there was a local. He was from Britain, Great Britain, and he was here on vacation. <laughs> and he's like. 
Hi, Mike. This is Panama City. Yeah, by Panama the way. City, Florida. He's like, <laughs> Hey, Mike, come here. You know, he's this is what you do. And he's like, You ever have a pompano? This is what you should do with a pompano. And he's telling me that if you like cross cut it, like cross hatch, and then you put it on a grill and put some garlic butter on it, he said the meat will like puff up off the fish, and then you can just like fork off those little cross oh, like sections. kind of like mushroom yeah out. it'll just kind of like rise up hmm. so i've always wanted to do that so i'm very interested to see in here we'll be following yeah we'll be following along to see what you do but that spanish mackerel we'll you, you'll get one I, I mean you have what you said two three well, that's days cool. that's a boga well, guarantee stop until I, yeah I do whether it's this week or next week like i'm I'm going to get one eventually. Good, because I'm expecting some good content mm-hmm. out of it. I want to see, because now I want to see, now that I know a little bit about the background, mm-hmm. I get to see how it plays out. should be a lot of fun. It'll be like day 15. I'm still out here. <laughs> Just like fish yet. Scabby under the <laughs> eyes. We're out here. Ugh, still, still going after it. No, the Spanish mackerel that you made, we beer batter breaded it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty... But it was for for high school seniors. That's awesome. On spring break, we had a fish. We were king. All of our friends were coming from you know staying in other places. They all came. We had a big fish fry. That was really fun. That was that was special that you did that. It was a good time. Yeah. That's way more impressive than the meals we cooked on my spring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I was expecting to wake up to uh, figure out where the local McDonald's was. Kegs and eggs, baby. (laughs) Kegs and eggs. That's right. (laughs) Very different. No, that was that was a good time, but. Yeah. No, that was that was cool. So, um, you're you're a visual learner. Yeah, one hundred percent. I got I got to see someone do it, and then I sh- I should be good to go. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm I can read about, but I feel like things like hunting, it's easier to watch somebody than to read about it because it's like I can, yeah, I can get you know some theory or something you learn about in college or whatever. It's like okay, you know, that's kind of an abstract thought, but like. To, to read about how to weld, for example, you can't really learn how to weld well without actually seeing it done or doing it yourself. So YouTube is pretty awesome for that. So you had a good year. You had a good year. Like you, you've been hunting. I, we've kind of travel followed you traveling around. You're you're in Florida now. What like what's your what does your 21, 2021 look like? Hopefully there are less restrictions and you can you know do a lot more fun stuff. Yeah, it's it always ends up breaking down to. Um, some sort of Western hunt and some sort of whitetail hunt. Although at this point, we've been really consistent with whitetail hunting in Pennsylvania. And I don't really want it any other way because we have all of our friends and family there. So it's like every weekend is a gathering of all of our friends. Um, So like my brother-in-law shot his first buck this past season like i said earlier marta shot her first deer um so we always have friends there and it's just it's so much fun and that like the atmosphere of deer camp oh it's the best i love it so much um but i also i love the mountains and when we lived in idaho that was just like um you know experiencing public land on that scale has I feel like just it's different. entered mm-hmm. my soul and it's never going to leave. I'm yep. never not going to do that. Um, even though I absolutely suck at elk hunting and I've been <laughs> really resistant, like dragging my feet to like, I should probably, you know, hunt with people that know what they're doing and learn that way. 
but I've just been so resistant and so stubborn of, I just want to figure it out myself. And I always get close. I get so close, but they're always just out of range always. And I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but I will eventually, but that's like the fun in it for me is just like grinding it out and figuring it out. Yep. Yeah. That's what we like. We talk about that a lot. It's like Mm -hmm. just, Sometimes you can go to places where it's more just shooting. Like you're told where yeah. you sit, you go, and there's a lot of great things to mm-hmm. that. Um, you totally. talk about the deer camp atmosphere. It's like one of the best things in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to figure it out and to master it or at least, you know, hang in there and it's not almost, give up by the end, it's just so fun. And it gives you more – it's more of a fulfilling experience. Like I put in X amount of years in – all this time and yeah. research and all the time on the on, and... online. Like we, we research a lot before we go places, uh, lots of digital. Cause it's like, what else do you do? You're thinking about this hunt. Yep. Might as well put that thought to like use mm-hmm. and, and you know, yep. no, even like, even like the, t- even when you get one, and if I don't like last year, when we went to Wisconsin, you got one. I feel like I just felt really good about that. We spent a lot of time finding the spot and mm-hmm. finding the area. You know, I was looking at, um, neighboring properties, trail cams, yeah. you know, and, and the, the just whatever, property that was for I sale, could, for sale, just whatever I could do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a little, I got a little yeah, too deep mm-hmm. into that, but it, I, it worked <laughs> out pretty well. Yeah. It's part of the experience with like, again, with the internet and with the ability to access so many different things. Um, it's just, it's a new element to it, yeah. which is interesting, though, to think about the folks that were hunting before the Internet yeah. and how they must feel about it now. Um, at least I can say from watching like my parents or even my grandparents navigate the Internet, they don't use it the same way that I do. Right. Like when I need to know something, I know how to find it. I yeah. can pretty much solve any problem that I'm faced with because I have the internet. Um, but I can see, you know, like folks of an older generation, not quite understanding that it's a tool that they can use too right. mm-hmm. to figure things out. But yeah, it definitely changed. I mean, it changes the game for sure. Oh, it's huge. It, Do you when- know how many calls I get about, Hey, my remote's not working. From who? Anybody. Oh, I would call you for that. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, Rod, my my remote's not working for the TV. What, can you help oh, me wait, out? What do I do? You here? know what I do? What's the move? I hop, nice. on, I hop on Google and say, problem with a remote. Well, no, l- listen to this. When I was in high school, my grandma paid me one hundred dollars to stay with her for a week to teach her how to use the internet when I when I was in high school. So this was. Wow, smart lady. Right. What was I like? This is like 15 years ago. This is a long, this is a while ago. And it was like the work. I mean, it was great. It was like quality time with my grandma, but right, like you gotta the hold teaching the mouse. part was I'm the not holding the mouse. Like point the mouse here. And she's like, what do you mean? Like touching the screen and stuff. So yeah, that's uh, it, people just, it's, it's funny how um, quickly generations have t- like changed in their use of things like technology, things like the internet where if I want to know anything, like we've been saying, there's a forum about it that will talk about all the 10 different ways that you can go about do something and they argue about. With 10 different you opinions. Know, like go to Rockside and they're all arguing about this or Archery Talk, they're arguing about this. But at least you get some kind of good information about it. 
Um, where, like you said before, it's like you have to go to a, a shop. And, you know, when I learned archery, that's how I learned. I went to a shop and the guy that taught me, you know, looking back, had no idea, like, not really actually a good shop. They're not no longer in business, but it was like, he had no, like I had, I had no training about how to shoot a bow, how to like, he just was like, this bow seems about right. You know, didn't tune it or anything like that. Um, and so it's different now. It's a lot, you can get better at things faster. We can all learn from some of the best in, you know, whatever industry or whatever outlet you're looking to learn in. So like archery, for example, I learn a lot from John Dudley. I was he just going to say that. a lot of amazing content online. And now there are like the archery scene on YouTube has really grown. There are so many people yeah. who are so like overqualified compared to what you would find at, you know, your local shop and not saying that local shops can't be great because they really can, but we now all have access to like some of the best of the best. And it's free. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. And it's free. And it's, free. it's great. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's free, very available. And well, actually I have a question for you. Have you dealt with target panic? Oh. I'll get to why in a minute. <laughs> you yeah, have. Sure. What? Oh, yeah. Tell Jared how to figure out he's got target. He's, he hasn't even admitted it on the podcast yet. And he's given me so much guff about having gone through it in the past. He's like, man, I feel like there was a time where you doubted that it even was a thing. Like I even, like you doubted. Let me. You thought I was just Let me defend bad. myself a second if you're going to throw me yeah, under yeah, the Yeah, yeah, I'm going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> so this past season I switched from a thumb release back to an index because I wanted to have something on my wrist. I didn't have to worry about it, hiking in, hiking out. Um, so I did, I pulled the trigger on it and I got one and I was shooting fine. But then all of a sudden I had one stray shot and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then ever since then, I'm just a little bit like just jumpy with it. And yeah. I keep telling myself, just breathe, hold the pin on the target, just slow, steady squeeze. You're and screwed. You're screwed, man. I'm not. I'll kick it. You, uh, what's, okay. We we're talking about all these ways and this whole time, this has been in my back of my mind to bring up tonight. So I'm, I'm glad you dick. that this is coming up. <laughs> what is, we're talking about ways that you learn. And, you know, YouTube or whatever. Like, wh- how are you fixing this? Because I'm not – you're not going to shame me. Like, I'm not hunting with you if you're just going to go out there, like, shooting over targets and stuff. That's embarrassing for me. Like, what does that mean? Who does that make look like? I just like? won't go with you. <laughs> like, what are you going to do to fix it? Because I can't put up with this. Allie, do you have a video out on target? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll probably come to I you do. then. <laughs> you yeah, do. You I actually do. Yeah. I made it somewhat recently too, because this, like I've made a lot of progress within the past year with a lot of things when it comes to archery, my form, target panic, a lot of things. And I learned through YouTube and then putting that to like putting it into practice and figuring out what actually works best for me. Um, But yeah. And then I made a video on it and I shared. See, perfect. I yeah. never, I never got over it. I never, I had, I had it really more with compound bow, not so much with a recurve. And I'll say why in a minute. Yeah. But like compound, there were I would go in waves. Like I would get better, and then I would have like a spike. It was like I was like managing an illness. Like I'd get like a spike, you know, a flare up. You'd relapse. I'd relapse, and uh, but with the with the uh, the the recurve, the thing that's helped me is they have a clicker that mm-hmm. just clicks, and so. Mm-hmm. 
for whatever reason, that that just resets me. I just hear the click and I shoot and I don't have to think about it. So a the shot, less I a, think, the better I shoot. A shot sequence helped you. A, yeah, but like more subconscious. Like I, I don't, and again, we will have to have like Joel turn around to explain what's ha- happening in my mind mm-hmm. for why that's happening. But for whatever reason, click, shoot, and it's fine. Without it, though, all of a sudden I'm like, I do it again. So maybe you're. I think I, I I'm not if it's screwed, thing man. That sticks with you for life. <laughs> I hope not. You're screwed. <laughs> you hate to see it. You do hate, you to, hate see to see it. <laughs> you hang up the bow now. Yep. He's a. Uh, you're. In, you take up knitting or something like that. I'm not good at knitting. No, I don't like needles. You got big. You have. You're all thumbs. That's your problem. I know. You got big meaty hands. It's Shrek hands. They're man. not for uh, that. That tiny, tiny work. Um, so, Allie, we've talked a little bit about your background, but like for people who want to watch these videos, maybe somebody who's struggling with target panic, where could Jared find your videos? Find you know, follow you on this Pompano fish trip, like and everything else. Um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook—it's all Outdoors Allie. Um, funny story, especially for Instagram. I don't know if this happened anywhere else, but on Instagram, my handle used to be Outdoors under, or excuse me, Outdoors Allie. Mm-hmm. Just one word. And people thought my name was Sally. Thought <laughs> Sally. So I would post like a fish oh, that I caught. Sally. Like, great job, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> That's really so funny. I had to put the underscore in it. Um, so outdoors underscore Allie on Instagram. But you um, know, you know what? That people thought we were from Georgia. They thought like Bo yes. Ga. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not. I, I I am guilty of thinking that when I first saw that. You guys are from Michigan. Worst branders ever. <laughs> Should we just be Bo Mai? We, we need to fi- we need to we need to do like a PSA like on what we are. It gets it happens a lot, and actually, yeah, it happens it happens too much. But what do we do now? We're locked in. It's fine. It's fine. They'll deal with it. They'll figure it out. Uh, actually, speaking of which, I did yoga today. This is we've been talking about this. I, I'm on a streak, like eight days in a row. How you feeling? Not I. I had one time I did it this week where I enjoyed it. One time of the eight, and the other time it was just like this sucks. It's uncomfortable. It's work, and I'm bad at it. And I, like, I still, I'm not flexible. It's not getting like I want it to be. I thought I'd touch my toes by now. I'm not even close. Oh, dude, I can put my hands on the floor. I know you stretch a lot. So, anyways, I'm gonna bring up the <laughs> yoga side of this boga <laughs> journey. We're in Michigan. We're not from Georgia. People can find outdoor alley, outdoor underscore alley, not outdoor Sally. I'm gonna right. call you Sally from that now is, on. By uh, the way. You're stuck yeah, that's pretty it. funny though. It's funny how that works. People will like pop up in the comments still and be like, "I've been around since you were Sally." <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Cool. Well, Allie, um, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate uh, you, you sharing your time, sharing your story, um, talking with us a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. This is fun. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on instagram at boga hunting join us next week and we'll see you then